Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce, and we're going to dive right back into that lineup. Joe, one of our most recent podcasts, we broke down what we think should be the the top six for the Flyers going into this season. Now we're going to look at the bottom six, and then in another podcast, we'll break down the D pairs. But uh, I think there's a lot of different candidates for this bottom six joe we're going to get right into it what do you think is your ideal third line we'll start with the third line then we'll get to the fourth so joe in your mind your best third line going into next season this upcoming season so i'm going to say morgan frost at center because i don't think morgan frost can play fourth line we've had a discussion a lot he's not the type of player that plays a fourth line game so i'm not going to put him fourth line so i'm going to say he centers and I'm going to say Wade Allison on one of the wings. And then for the other wing, I think – I don't know. I, I, I'm i struggling with this one because, um, you know, there's a couple, few of the younger guys that can play both positions and things like that. So um, I'm going to say – Because I picked Noah Cates to go up on the, uh, you know, up on, up on the higher line. That was my my out of the uh, out of the ordinary prediction. Yeah. So I'm going to say Scott Lawton play on plays on wing on this third line. Um, ideally, I think Scott would be a center because I like the way he plays a two way game. Mm-hmm. Now we saw it with Drew. I mean, a guy can play a wing and assume some of the center responsibilities on the defensive end, but I'm going to go with those three for the third line. Um, it it gets thin, particularly with injuries of guys that you thought might be there that won't be there at the start of the season. Obviously, Farabee is the big one, but I'm more thinking of along the lines of a guy like um, um, Bobby Brink, who had a little run last year, but he's injured, so he won't be healthy. So, um, But that's what I'm going to go with for my third line. Joe, what do you like about Wade Allison there? Obviously, he only played one game last season because, again, injuries just wreaked havoc on his body. But it seems like when he's healthy, he fits a role on this team. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I, I think if you look back to the end of the two seasons ago when he came up, the only thing exciting about watching that team play at that point in time was Wade Allison. He was out there. He was in the middle of every play. He was scoring goals, all different varieties. 
whether it be out in the slot between the circles from the circles or causing havoc in front of the net. He wasn't afraid to get his, you know, to get, get into the, the, the dirty areas to not to use a cliche, but I mean, I think that's willingness to do that is part of the reason that he can't stay healthy. So he might need to adjust some of that stuff, but, but yeah, I, I just think the guy makes things happen and, and he's, he's an exciting player. Yeah, I remember Ian LaPerriere told us that it's it's tough to tell the kid to play a different way. He just plays all out, and unfortunately, that has probably led to some of his injuries. I mean, last year, he missed all of training camp because he got hurt in that second rookie game, and he was in a puck race, and he, he was just going all out. He was going all max and, and ended up injuring his ankle, high ankle sprain, missed all of camp, and it really uh, – put a big dent into his season. And he was a guy that was possibly a favorite to crack the opening night lineup, just given how well his audition was the previous season, but he plays all out. It's hard to fault a kid for playing hard, but yeah, maybe he can kind of pick and choose his spots because he needs to stay healthy. But I just think he, I think he could be a guy that John Tortorella would love because he just plays with an energy. He plays with flair uh, he, he's not nothing. He's not all flash. Like he has the ability to flash cause he can shoot, uh, and, and score the puck, but he plays with some moxie. And I just think that's something John Tortorella would love. And he's really got the ability to kind of scale your lineup. Cause he, he plays with a bottom six motor, but he's got some top six skills. So, uh, boy, if I think he, if he can stay healthy, he's a guy not to forget because I think a lot of people are forgetting him given what he did last season. He only played one game in the Flyers lineup and you had a, a huge mix of young guys come up and get their shot uh, in his steed. So uh, Wade Allison certainly got to keep an eye on. Yeah, Joe, for my third line, I'm going to go with a, a real young third line that really flashed at the end of last season, in particular one game against the Penguins. That's Noah Cates, Morgan Frost and Owen Tippett. Those are three guys I wouldn't mind seeing together last year. In the team's final win of the season, uh, it was an April win over the Penguins, a 4-1 win over Sidney Crosby and company. Pittsburgh was playing well. They were obviously trying to get in the, the best playoff spot possible. And the Flyers beat them 4-1 in large part because of this, this young third line. Noah Cates had two goals and assists. Morgan Frost had his best game of the season with a goal and an assist. And Owen Tippett had an assist and five shots. I really liked what I saw. And it, and it, hit me that, hey, this could be something here. Maybe this could be the start of something the team could build next season. So I'm going to go out of my way and say I would like to see those three kids together, let that chemistry uh, unfold, see see where they're at. Uh, it seemed like Frost and Tippett had a pre-existing relationship before, uh, and Noah Cates is just a young kid that I thought really shined in his audition. He had nine points in 16 games when he got caught up, uh, five goals, four assists, uh, can kind of compliment guys, plays hard. So that would be my third line, Joe. I would like to see those kids together. Yeah, I like that. And Tippett, to me, Tippett and Tippett's going to be on my fourth line. And I'm, I would say he and Allison would be interchangeable. Yeah. Uh, Allison's style may suit a fourth line better, but I'm just going by, I'm just basically taking a shot on the, the productivity at the end of two seasons ago from Allison and trying to capitalize on that, play him a little higher in the lineup. But yeah, I, 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 I like the idea of 
young guys building chemistry together and you hope that they're part of the future and that they can kind of come up together. Absolutely. And Joe, I would say Morgan Frost, this is his job to lose. Like they don't have the center depth. I think we've said that a time or two before. Huh? I think we have indeed. Uh, I, I mean, last you know they were they were deep enough at center last year at least to start because you thought Kevin Hayes would be healthy, and everyone was wondering if Morgan Frost could win a job. And then Kevin Hayes has that core muscle surgery, you know, a couple days before training camp, and suddenly everyone was like, "Well, yeah, Morgan Frost is going to be in the lineup." He didn't win the job. He went down to Lehigh Valley first made his way back eventually. But right now, they just they didn't really add it forward a ton in free agency or in the offseason period. And Morgan Frost, I think, needs to be in that lineup. He needs to be in a third-line role. He's on a prove-it one-year deal. I think this is a important year for him to really show that he can be an NHL regular. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and that's, you know, that was why I started with Frost because I don't think, and we've talked about this before, his game, his size, there's not anything about him that says he can be a fourth-line player. Yeah. Um, you know, traditionally a fourth line is a checking line. And if you look at it, even a team like the Islanders that plays their fourth line just like they play their first line, the guys on that fourth line are gritty, physical players. I don't think that's Morgan Frost's game. Um, so I, he, I think he has to be on the third line. Yeah, unless he, you know, moves to wing at some point. We've seen him play a little bit of wing, and unless he does that, uh, it seems like the third line is his best spot here. Yeah, at center, I think, too, he has to get better at carrying the puck into the zone. I, I felt his zone entries last year were just very, very non-aggressive. Um, he would get poke checked before he even got to the circles, and, you know, that, that that's not good, particularly if you – have aspirations of playing on the power play. You need to be able to carry the puck in the zone and keep possession. Um, so I think that's one area that he has to improve on for sure. Yeah. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop in the Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Joe, let's shift gears to the fourth line. Who is your fourth line going into the season? So the acquisition of Nick Delorier really – told me that the Flyers are going to lean into this being hard to play against. And if you take a run at our top guys, there's going to be guys to pay for, to, to, to make you pay for it. So my fourth line is going to be your an old school fourth line. McEwen at center with Delorier on the wing. And then I'm going to say with Owen Tippett on the other wing, but as I mentioned, potentially interchangeable with Allison based on production, based on style of play, and obviously health. Um, so I'm going to go with those uh, those three guys. Um, I don't think they'll play that many minutes per game. There's not going to be a lot of production there, although we did see McEwen get some late-season goals last year. Um, but, you know, Delorier is not going to be lighting up the score sheet. Those guys are going to be out there to set a tone. Tippett would be the skill guy on that line, and, you know, hopefully he can benefit maybe from the, 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 the physical – guys at the other two spots on his line there. So I'm going to go with those three guys as my fourth line. No, I like it. I think you definitely get the physicality and the grit that John Tortorella tends to like on his fourth line. Um, yeah, for me, I'm going to go Nick Delorier, uh, Patrick Brown at center. I think he's got a lot to prove in terms of his health and being the guy that the Flyers thought that they claimed off waivers at the start of last season. 
Uh, he wins. He wins important faceoffs. He can kill penalties. I think he's a guy that Tortorella is uh, going to like at fourth line center. A guy you can rely on to play against, you know, some of the top lines and do and do some of the small things. And then I have Zach McEwen uh, joining those two. I think it's a line that's going to lack speed. It's going to lack creativity offensively. But again, it's a fourth line uh, that's going to be tough to play against. I think that's what John Tortorella likes. He he, I, I've looked at some of his past teams, and he likes that tough-to-play-against mentality on his fourth line. He likes to roll four lines. He wants to trust that fourth line in key spots. And I think those are three guys that could possibly spell your top two lines uh, in key spots, whether it be a couple big shifts against the opponent's top line. I think you can trust those guys. Uh, I think Patrick Brown will kill penalties. Uh, according to John Tortorello and the Flyers, they think Nick Delorier can kill penalties. So... You're going to get some PK responsibility out of that line, uh, and and some 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 key minutes. Uh, so that that would be my fourth line. Uh, Joe, I'm leaving out Wade Allison for now. Although I would love to see him grab a spot at some point. I'm thinking maybe just given he ha- didn't play a whole lot of hockey last year, especially at the NHL level. Uh, I think possibly he could be best in Lehigh Valley to start. He is waivers exempt to start, so he can go down there without having to clear waivers. So I could see him, Tanner Lazinski, opening up at Lehigh Valley, but really, you know, pushing for spots, uh, really making some difficult decisions. I mean, Wade Allison is a guy that can maybe open eyes in, pre- in a preseason game with a couple big goals, and suddenly he's in the mix. But right now I have him outside. Yeah, I think there's a lot of guys what you, that are in the situation you just said. I'm not going to sit here and say this team is deep. I don't think they're deep. What they are deep at is fringe guys. They're yeah. deep with – I mean, I'm just looking at the roster here. Tyson Forrester, Tanner Lisinski, Hayden Hodgson, guys that all have some NHL experience at minimum, Yeah, but they don't obviously have a spot on this team. I think you can include Patrick Brown in that conversation. You, uh, I mean, I don't think they brought Nick Delorier here to not to play, so I'm not going to say that. I mean – and they did re-up Zach McEwen, so I, I mm-hmm. kind of feel like he's going to play. Yeah. Um, but they, there's a lot of guys here, when you look up and down this roster, that have Isaac Radcliffe. You have guys that have NHL experience that don't have a Max Wilman's another one, second stone role on this team. And that is um, – it's good for your bottom six. Uh, and, you know, they hope – Guys like Forrester, guys like Lisinski can be part of the future and higher than, you know, in the top six. Um, so the other that that's a weird, it's a tricky thing. And we've talked about it with Morgan Frost too. Like so, some of these guys are not, like you don't want them to just come play for this team because there's a spot. You don't want guys that you, you have, that think have high scoring potential buried on a fourth line. Because that's not – we talked about this with, you know, like I mentioned, Frost. Hit, their games are not suited toward playing in the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Certain guys have to play certain spots in the lineup. And I think the Flyers have a number of guys here that fall into that category. So it's going to be a very interesting training camp. Aside from the, the first training camp under Tortorella, there's going to be a lot of competition at the bottom of the lineup to me. 
Yeah, it seems like there's more competition in the bottom six than the top six. You would probably like to see a little more competition in the top six. Uh, I think everyone knows what the Flyers did in the offseason and that they didn't add high-level skill to their four groups. So I, I think the top six is what it is almost um, by default. And then you have a lot of, you know, like you said, Joe, fringe guys that are going to be competing for minutes in the bottom six. I don't think these are bad players. I think they can all be decent NHL players, guys that can really help in your bottom six. Like Isaac Ratcliffe's a, a kid that scored 50-plus goals at the junior level. He's six foot six. Um, had a nice little cup of coffee here with the Flyers last year. Like these are these are good, decent players. Like Tanner Lazinski and Wade Allison were really, really good four-year college players. So these are guys that if they're healthy, they'll be pushing for spots. Now, are they going to be like major impactful players? That's to be determined, but they can certainly help and play a role in the bottom six. But I think everyone knows the Flyers probably need more talent in their forward group, or they need some guys to really step up and kind of answer the bell in the talent department. Uh, Tyson Forster is a kid that I really like. I think the organization is crazy high on so much potential. He fills a major hole in terms of the ability to shoot from the circles, uh, really an advanced shot at the NHL level for a kid that's only, I believe, 19, 20 years old. I think he's 20 now. And um, I think he's going to have to earn his way here. He missed a ton of time last year with that shoulder surgery. So I think they're going to want him to go to the AHL, play a lot of games. But, I mean, he can – He's the type of kid that is almost like a Joel Faraby. Like when Joel Faraby went to the Lehigh Valley, he made a bang from the start and he opened eyes right off the bat and he earned his way back up here very quickly. I think Forrester's a type of kid that could score goals down there to the point where he'll force, force his way into the conversation. But that could come, I think, if the Flyers need in it, you know, in some injection of offense and if Forrester's playing really well down there. But again, yeah, a lot of competition and. I think if guys stay healthy, that could be a good thing for the Flyers for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really um, – it's interesting because it seems like they might have five or six of the same type of guy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that makes for a competitive training camp, that's for sure, which I'm sure is right up the alley of John Tortorella. And we've heard, you know, from guys that have played with him, guys that know him well, that those that's the kind of training camp that he runs. That's the kind of program he runs. And – Quite frankly, I think that's how he keeps everybody interested. I mean, these guys are all going to believe they have a chance to make the team. And I think that's a rarity in sports. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a good thing when it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's been years past, Joe, where you probably had some more things set in stone with the Flyers and the lineup. And that guys would probably need you know, a break to a break or two to go their way for them to actually get in the lineup. I don't think that's the case. I I think there there are a ton of unknowns here. Uh, like Wade Allison could be in the opening night lineup, or he could be with the Phantoms, and you could probably say that about a number of guys. Yeah, I think there's uh, five or six guys you could say that about. Yeah, and you think about it, they're winning over you know three new coaches: uh, mm -hmm. Rocky Thompson, uh, Brad Shaw, and of course John Tortorella. So three new you know three coaches that really aren't familiar with these guys yet whatsoever. So it's kind of a clean slate. I think that's why camp should be competitive, and maybe that's why some fans should be excited. There's going to be a lot of proving and a lot of new faces uh, to win over, and I think that's that's something that I think would intrigue me. Joe, with Nick Delorier, do you, you know, obviously known for physicality, known for a guy that's going to step up and drop the gloves. Do you think there's a little bit of offense there? What do you think you're going to get out of Nick Delorier on that fourth line? 
I'm not going to go into the season expecting offense. Um, but he's also a guy that's played a lot in this league. And you have to do something to keep yourself in the league. And, I mean, guys don't stay employed in the league to fight and be physical anymore. There's not – I mean, the days of, like, having the goon in your lineup are over. So you do need to possess some sort of skill. I think we saw that with Zach McEwen last year, and I think we'll see it with Nick Delorier this year. And this whole idea that since the bubble, you've heard this recurring theme that they're not hard, they're not hard to play against. And I think the addition of Tortorella, the addition of Delorier, and this whole new coaching staff, I, I think that is going to be a major focus. And Delorier is just part of it. But I do think the offense that you get will be somewhat of a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think Nick Delorier is a true enforcer. I think true enforcers play like five minutes a game, uh, and that's about it. There's not really many of them left in the league, true enforcers. Like Zach McEwen I don't think is a true enforcer, but he's a fiery guy. He gets the crowd going. He gets his teammates going. uh, And I think Delorier will serve the same sort of role. And, I mean – if what I said, if they if they were to play on the same line together, uh, if I'm I'm just picking the perfection line from Boston or if I'm Crosby's line from Pittsburgh, I'm not sure I want to be on the ice with against those guys. Now, those guys will have to catch those two lines, yeah, which may not happen. Um, but I don't think I, I'd be looking over my shoulder if I'm a top forward and I'm out on the ice against one of those lines or against lines with one of those guys on it. Yeah, you're really going to have to pick some of your spots with that line. Because, uh, again, they're like fourth line, they're probably going to lack some speed and some skill. But, uh, yeah, can they keep people in front of them? Can they play in the offensive zone? And can they check hard enough uh, and be tough enough to play against in the defensive zone when maybe a skilled line has that puck? Uh, but, guys, you can probably trust. Deloria, I think you could probably play 10 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think if you get your – eight goals throughout the season. I think the Flyers would probably take that, something of that nature. Uh, and if he can kill some penalties and provide that uh, that toughness that I think the Flyers have lacked and probably wanted with him, I think they'll consider that a victory. But plenty of competition, no doubt about it. And I think that's what's going to make training camp intriguing, especially with John Tortorella, a guy that uh, fuels competition, wants competition, wants conflict. There's going to be, I think, plenty of it within training camp. And we are getting closer and closer. The calendar has turned to September, which means training camp is right around the corner. But, Joe, this was fun. It was great chatting with you, great seeing you. Uh, we'll have plenty more, plenty of more guests to come on this podcast, and we'll look forward to breaking down the defense as well. But thanks, as always. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru, and Flyers fans, of course, as always. Thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen, and we can't wait to talk to you next time. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.